Why don't you remain in your feet just for a few more minutes? And let's enter the throne room together and thank our Lord for all he's done for us. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for everything. I thank you for promises that you keep, like you will never leave us or forsake us, that you are with us always, even to the end of the age. I thank you for promises that you've made to us and you've kept, like I will remember your sins no more as far as the east is from the west. That's how far I have removed your transgressions from me. God, that blows my mind. Lord, I thank you for all your goodness. I thank you for your healing in our lives. I thank you for the way you transformed us by the grace of God, that Jesus shed his blood, that we could be healed, delivered, set free, and made a people who were not a people, brought into a kingdom when we had no inheritance, and you gave us so much, God, I thank you. Lord, today I pray in this place that you would open hearts that have been hardened, that you would tear down walls, Father, that have built themselves up and are blocking our way and our ability to receive from you. Father, I ask that you would let demons and evil spirits and tormenting spirits flee from this place today. Lord, I'm asking for deliverance for your people. I'm asking for freedom. I'm asking for life in this place. I'm asking for transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I ask these things in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. You can be seated if you can. I'm telling you, I am here today to proclaim liberty to the captives. I am standing here with the proclamation of liberty. If you can't feel God in this place yet, just wait, you will. I can barely stand here this morning. The presence of God is so strong up here. Um, We are going to see miracles happen in the house because Jesus is alive. The same Jesus that walked the earth 2,000 years ago is the same Jesus that's here. He said, where two or more are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. And how many know when people came to Jesus in the Bible, they didn't leave the same. They came and they were completely transformed when they encountered him. And today you are going to encounter a living Savior. What makes Christianity different to any other religion it's because our God is alive can I tell you um, sometimes we think we have to have all these fancy answers for people we we can think like we have to have these clever debates when people when I was um, a teenager people would say they're an atheist I used to almost rub my hands together in delight because I'm like we're going to have a good debate and they'd say oh I believe in evolution I'm like well I believe in creation and I'd get ready for the debate and um, and I've learned all these comebacks and all these things to say but I can tell you what you don't have to debate whether or not there's a God with someone who's an atheist if you stand in the power of God and they get counter the presence of Jesus on you it is undeniable that God is real we don't need fancy answers we just need lives filled with the Holy Spirit and when we're full of the Holy Spirit he will give you the answer that you need in the moment that you need it you don't have to try and be wise you just have to be full of the Lord all right I want you to turn to Luke chapter 15 today Luke chapter 15 and I'm going to get some some people up to testify as we as we go along um and uh 
And I can tell you before you leave today, there is going to be many more people who can say, I, I have a testimony of God's goodness. Woo! So Luke chapter 15. Okay. We're going to pick up in verse 10. And, um, sorry, not 15. I should, um, should have brought my glasses. My three looks like a five. So Luke chapter 13. Um, I was wondering why the verse was so different from the way I remembered reading it. Okay, Luke 13 and chapter 10. If you've got it, say, got it. Got it. Who's still turning? <laughs> Luke 13 and verse 10. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day. In the synagogue, there was a woman who had an evil spirit in her. This spirit had made the woman a cripple for 18 years. Her back was always bent and she could not stand up straight. I'm going to be flipping through a few versions this morning. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, your sickness has left you. I just like, this is so weird. I'm, I'm marrying, I blame you. I'm still in the ICB. <laughs> She's out with the kids. All right. Sorry, so let me just... Um, let me just back up. I'm going to read this from the Amplified Classic Version. In verse 11, it says, And there was a woman there who for 18 years had had an infirmity caused by a spirit, a demon of sickness. She was bent completely forward and utterly unable to straighten herself up or to look upward. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are released from your infirmity. Then he laid his hands on her, and instantly she was made straight, and she recognized and thanked and praised God. I want to pause there for a minute. I want to say to you today several things out of this. This woman had something happen that caused a spirit of infirmity to attach to her. Something that happened 18 years ago but was still affecting her today. She was so bound by this thing that now, 18 years on, she was so stooped over it said she couldn't even look up. Can you imagine? I actually prayed for someone like this in India once. She was so, I've never seen such a, such a hump on someone's back. But she was right down like this. And she came up to the prayer line like that. We laid hands on her. That woman was instantly healed. Her back straightened. And it was the funniest thing I've ever seen watching her try and walk. Because she was so used to walking like this that she'd go doing this. <laughs> How do you walk upright? suggest something to you today, that many times our illnesses, our diseases, are linked to something beyond the natural realm. So often our troubles are actually coming from open doors in the spirit realm. Now, I don't know what had happened to this woman, but something happened that caused a spirit of infirmity to link itself to her and bow her down 
year after year, day after day, she became more and more bowed until she was no longer even able to look up. Jesus doesn't want to just come and heal a surface matter in your life. He wants to heal your heart. He wants to go to the root of the problem and uproot those evil lies that have been planted in you from the enemy and deliver you. Vicki Dunham, would you come up here for me, please? Um, so Wednesday night at Bible study, we had a prayer time at the end. And, um, and the Lord showed me uh, that he wanted to do some of his healing business in the room that evening. And um, you were the first candidate, weren't you? <laughs> can, um, can you tell us what was, what was the ailment that you asked for prayer for? Uh, scoliosis in my back. And how how was that affecting you? Was well, it, it was causing me to walk funny and it, it just put me out of alignment and caused my knees to be worse and everything like that. So, yeah, and we took care of it. The Lord took care of it. <laughs> he did. Yeah. So we, um, we recognised the scoliosis was like this story in the Bible. It was a spirit of infirmity. That had latched onto you, and and what was actually bowing you down was something much deeper. It wasn't an inside that emotional. Um, and so when we began to take care of that, um, there was this moment, and you were like, <laughs> "If pain's gone, it's gone. You can't believe it. It's just unbelievable. A wonderful, wonderful moment." Yes. And you thought, "Oh, it's mine. It's." I'm standing upright and everything is fine. The pain was gone. How many, how many years have you suffered with scoliosis, roughly? Do you know? Oh, probably about eight years. Eight years. Yeah. But God went to, to the root of the matter, what it was emotionally that was actually bowing Vicky down. And when he, when he dealt with that, that thing, uh, literally when we prayed, I, I literally felt that evil spirit just leave, just like that. Um, and then today in worship, the Lord did another work. Do you want to tell us about that? Well, I was just standing <coughs> singing the last song and I had to sit down prior to that because my knees were sore. And then when I was singing that song, the pain just went in my knees. I don't say that they're healed, but the pain went that I could stand to sing that song, whereas before I had to sit down. And I felt relieved. I thought, the pain's gone in my knees, because I usually shuffle from one knee to the other, and it was gone. I thought, what? Help! <laughs> <laughs> and I had, to tell, I had to tell this one, Rita, so that you know, she could know that the, the healing is continuing yeah, yeah. in me. That, that pain is not only not going to ever come back again, but your knees are going to be stronger than they've ever been. So uh, let's just believe in faith right now. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that the one who began a good work in us will complete it until the day of Christ's return. And so, Lord, we speak to the feeble knees and we speak strength into them right now. 
And Lord, I thank you this pain will never come again. Lord, her walk will not be hindered. But Father, she will walk free in the name of Jesus. She will walk in strength and authority the way you've called her to walk, Lord. Tall, standing free and liberated as a daughter of the King of Kings. And I thank you for complete healing in those knees in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yes. Thank you. I think never gone up that step. Never. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, Jeremy assisted me, but I never have just stepped up there like that. No, I, mean, I just wouldn't have done it. I wonder what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I know, because I did this take, but I can't get up there. <coughs> and we did. <laughs> and that's because my knees were feeling so much better. So I could have been able to do that step, as Lauren knows, and do those things. And I feel, feel wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. 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 I've got steps, but I'm like, one, <laughs> two. <laughs> God is so good. He is so good. Luke 13. Jesus lays his hands on her. She begins to give praise. Then chapter, uh, verse 14, it says, But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done, so come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord replied to him, saying, You play actors and hypocrites. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it out to water it? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Even as he said this, all his opponents were put to shame and all the people were rejoicing over all the glorious things that were being done by him. This led him to say, what is the kingdom of God like and to what shall I compare it? And he talks about the kingdom of God being like a grain of mustard seed. And we will get to that in a minute. Okay, I want to bring out something. He said, ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom, who did he say bound her for 18 years? Verse 16. Ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, Abraham, who, what does it say? Satan. Satan. Who bound her? Satan. Satan had bound for 18 years. Be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. I want to put to you something today that it's time to stop believing the lies. This woman forgot who she was. She was a daughter of Abraham. Who are you? Who are you? You are children of God. And you are inheritance, you have an inheritance to all the promises of God. But something happened that made her believe a lie. I wonder if she had thought that her condition was a trial from the Almighty. Satan likes to confuse things to keep us bound and powerless. 
But she was not bound by God. God was not the one bowing her life down in misery, keeping her in bondage. She was bound, it said, by Satan. And this day, there was a reminder that came from Jesus himself. He looked at her and he said, daughter of Abraham, remember who you are. If you know who you are, Satan is terrified of you. If you know who you are, you see, when you are in Christ, and Christ is in you, but when you are in Christ, that means you're hidden in Christ. So when Satan looks at you, he cannot see you, but he sees Jesus. So what does he want to do is he wants to attack your image so that you do not understand who you are. Because if you know who you are, that I am washed clean by the blood of Jesus, that I have a future and a purpose and a destiny that goes way beyond this life, it says we will rule and reign with him forever, that I have a, a future so vast that my mind can't even understand or comprehend the fullness of what he has for me. And when we begin to understand who we are, that I am redeemed and I was bought with a price higher than any value on this earth. I was bought with the precious blood of Jesus. Let me tell you something. If we were to collect all the gold and all the silver and all the currency from every nation on earth, that would not be enough to pay for our sins. But the blood of Jesus was not just enough. It was more than enough to cleanse us. And we are children of God. We are valuable beyond belief. We are bought with the price. And we have a king of kings who looks at us and says, you are mine. You're mine. And so he looks at this woman and he says, daughter of Abraham, you deserve to be loose this day. Be loosed from your infirmity, whom Satan has bound. And right in that moment, the truth set her free. Many years ago, um, well, actually, probably not that many, but maybe three or four years ago, we were um, still at Wolfram Street, and I was experiencing all the symptoms of what people say burnout is. Um, so I would sleep and wake up even more exhausted than when I went to bed. Has anyone ever been like that? It's awful. Um, I, I lived every day on this chronic fatigued syndrome. My brain was foggy. I just, I was exhausted. Not just, you know, you can be tired, but then you can be exhausted and it's a whole nother level. I was completely exhausted. And I just, I just had this narrative that was going over and over my head. You're just so burned out. You just need to take a break. You are so burned out. And, um, and I was like, yeah, I'm just so burned out. This is ridiculous. I am just, I'm so exhausted. I've never been so exhausted in my life. It was about 11 o'clock at night, and I was um, unloading the dishwasher, because that's what you do at 11 o'clock at night <laughs> with me. And um, I was unloading the dishwasher, and clear as anything, the voice of the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, you're not burnt out. I went, what? You could have you fooled me. Like, I've got every symptom. I've, I've 
Google told me all about it. I mean, I had every symptom of burnout. And he said, no, you're not burnt out. Stop believing the lie. And do you know, as soon as he said that, and I was like, oh, I'm not burnt out. I literally felt some heavy thing go through the roof. And I was light. I was free. I didn't feel slightly tired, worn out, exhausted, nothing. And I realized I'd been listening to the wrong voice. I'd been listening to a voice tell me over and over again that I was burned out and I began to believe it. And then my body began to have all the symptoms and then I began to live that narrative that I was just so burned out and everything was so hard and I was just so tired and so exhausted. But the truth, the word of God set me free. And this is what he did to this woman. He said, I'm going to speak truth to you. I didn't find you. This isn't the will of God for you. Satan bound you for 18 years. But today I'm saying to you, captive, be free. Yes. And she was immediately healed and set free. Turn to Isaiah 61 with me. This is the scripture that Jesus spoke in fulfillment of prophecy about himself. And I want to tell you that this same Jesus and the same Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, is with us today. And he hasn't changed. Verse 1, as I'm reading from the Amplified Classic Version, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. This was Jesus reading this uh, in the account in Luke 4. Uh, because the Lord has anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the meek, the poor, and the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up and heal the brokenhearted. I want to pause there. Normally, when you talk about healing, you think about healing the sick. But no, Jesus said here, I've been sent to heal the broken." Hearted. He wants to heal the brokenhearted. He didn't say he sent me to heal the sick. Do you know why? I believe because a lot of times our sicknesses come from a broken heart, come from a wound, come from something that has happened that has deeply affected our lives and our outlook on life. And so Jesus comes not for a peripheral or a surface um, or a, you know, just a, a temporal fix. He comes to do a deep work in our lives. And he said, I have come to heal and to bind up the broken heart. He wants to get right to the core of the issue and completely heal you, make you whole. <coughs> Jacqueline, I'm going to ask if you can come out now for me, please, and um, share your testimony. Yeah, I call you. Didn't she warn you? No. This is good. This is this is raw, and you know it's going to be real. That's got to be a bonus. Thank you. So Wednesday night Bible study, you were another one we prayed for. Yes. Um, 
What was your condition? What were we praying for? Um, the medical profession said I was suffering from sciatica. And can you explain sort of what they thought was going on? Um, my sciatic nerve had been trapped. And so therefore that pain was coursing from down my left buttock, down my leg, into my foot. And it was because it was a nerve pain, there's not much they can do. There's no medicine that you can take, no drugs that you can take. And so life was pretty miserable. But when she said that she had sciatica and it was a pinched nerve, the Lord spoke to me and said, the real cause of her pain is a pinched nerve emotionally. Something that's been a long-standing sore spot um, in your life. And that was the case, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to share anything about that? Well, thinking about it afterwards, I realised when you explained what it was, that it was a deep emotional hurt, it was the breakdown of my marriage and my abandonment by my husband in Australia. And we felt, um, when we prayed for her, that because it was um, a man who her husband who had abandoned her, and that was the, the cause of the deep wound, that the, the couple of guys, we had Marcus and Barry um, at Bible study, that they were to lay hands on your head and actually bless you and and um, and pray over you. And, and so they did, and it was just beautiful. And God healed a very deep wound. <laughs> and I wriggled. <laughs> and then Jacqueline stood up and do a little bit of a demonstration. It was so much fun. It was just like this. Oh, my goodness, the pain's really going on and healed and made whole completely and uh and vicky and this one were like doing the, the grandma dance together <laughs> and having a whale of a time so much fun it was fun yes and it still is <laughs> <laughs> thank you do you need a hand down <laughs> oh there's another hand oh, <laughs> and the opening of the prison and of the eyes to those who are bound. He wants to open the eyes. Do you realize that you can be in a prison and you don't even realize you're in that prison because you think this is normal? You think this is normal? He wants to open your spiritual eyes to realize that you are in a prison and at the moment he shows you that you're in this prison, he's also giving you the power and calling you out and saying, I'm here to say, be free. He wants to release and proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives. What has held you captive? What has captured your thought life? What is it you think about again and again and again? Because that is what you're captive to or who you're captive to. 
But today I'm here to proclaim liberty to the captives. Yeah. All right, I'm going to ask my daughter to come up. So Melody had sore shoulders, sore back, sore neck and stuff hey, going on. And um, so we went to pray for her. And then that, that was pretty um, intense. <laughs> Do you want to share what happened? So I was called into the, we were all like gathered in a circle to pray for everyone and um, I was called into the middle of the circle and then um, as we were going to go and pray, like we were going to pray for my shoulders and back and stuff and then my mum just had the urge to just kind of like repent and say like what she's done wrong that could affect my life which was all the expectations she's put on my life at being a pastor's kid. And um, so basically we both had a mental breakdown, we were like crying and, um, <laughs> and uh, we were just like sharing our emotions with each other and mum was just like saying how sorry she was of putting, um, like putting all these expectations over my life and I guess that's kind of like what was keeping me down and always in my mind, I can't wear this, I can't do that must do this correctly and um, half of that weight was just pushing me down and then I was set free from that so from that weight and burden. And how's your back and shoulders today? Much better actually. So um, that night when they then did pray for my shoulders and back, um, it, it, I kind of didn't feel anything and I was like, oh, it's kind of 30% gone and then it went up to 70 and then I had a massage from Steve um, and then today I woke up and it's okay. Wow. So, that's awesome. Yeah. And do you feel more released in even in being our family, like to be who you are? Yes, definitely. I can be myself and not have to change personalities and um, be a totally different person to who I really am. So that weight has completely lifted. So that's awesome. Thank you. out there um, don't be afraid of your mistakes and your failings because God if you come in humility God can use that to actually bring a great change and a great blessing to your family um, so I was I went to pray for her for her um, shoulders and her back and, and the Lord was just like because he'd been dealing with me about laying on the altar all the expectations that I felt on me that were unrealistic my whole life. Um, I was also a pastor's kid. My mom was a children's pastor. And so I knew what it was like to have the expectation to be perfect all the time. And nobody can live up to that expectation. And um, I had been determined that I would never do that to my children. But particularly because Melody's the oldest. You know the oldest always they have so much more expectation put on them. Who's the eldest in the family here? Is that true? Did you have more expectation put on you? Yes. I'm the baby, see, of the family, so I've got to have everything. But, no, I'm kidding. Um, but, yeah, just I just began to weep and, and just repent um, in front of the whole group and just say, like, I am so sorry that I have put my expectations ever on me, on you, and I haven't allowed you to be yourself. I haven't allowed you <clears throat> to thrive and to flourish. 
as a daughter of God because you're too busy trying to be uh, like me. And and I'm not called to make my daughter like me. I'm called to make uh, a disciple of Jesus and for her to be who she's created to be. So there was a, a moment, a powerful moment of healing um, and liberation there too. And so um, I believe the Lord wants to open the prisons that we are bound with, are bound in, and release us from the things that we are captive to. Now, I haven't had a chance to check with you, Alison, but did you have anything you wanted to testify on? No? Okay. Working on it. All right, watch this space. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. All right, I want to finish up. Um, yes, I do need to finish up. So Acts 10, 38, just one verse, and, um, and then I want to pray for you. So I have. This is awesome. There is definitely a miracle working, way-making God. Acts 10, 38. Um, Paul is, is talking uh, about the message that he proclaimed and that John the Baptist preached. And it said how God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power, how he went about doing good and in particular curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil, for God was with him. Again, it doesn't say healing the sick, although he healed the sick. It said he went about doing good and he cured or he healed all who were oppressed by the power of the devil. <clears throat> Jesus said to his disciples, freely you have received, freely give. Today I believe you have to enter into the first part of that verse before you can enter into the second. We would love to have the power of God to go and help proclaim liberty to the captives. But first, we have to allow the power of God to liberate us. We have to allow him to come into the deep areas of our life and our hearts and transform us, to heal us, to set us free. What has made you brokenhearted? Today I believe the Lord is saying, I've come to bind up your wounds. I've come to heal the brokenhearted. What has made you bowed down? What is holding you captive? What things in your life do not represent freedom in the kingdom of God. What is it that you're struggling with? Because today the same Jesus is here. And he says, ought not my sons and daughters be loosed from their bondages on this day? This is his doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. I just want, can I have someone come up to the keyboard for me and, and just play softly and I'm I just want to do some, some praying over you because I believe there's many more miracles in the house today. Um, but, but I believe God doesn't just want to heal your physical body. I believe he wants to heal deep emotional roots today. Things that have happened, that have opened a door in the spirit, and today we're going to shut those doors. We're going to release the captives, and we're going to let the oppressed go free in Jesus' name. If you can, I'm going to ask you to stand. And I want you to stand in a position to receive from the Lord. 
looking at the back. You can, yeah, can you move so that you can see me? I want to I demonstrate something. Suna, can you come and just hold this mic here for me? Thank you. Okay, when you're facing a hard time and you're facing a battle, the first position that many of us want to get into is a battle position. But can I tell you that the way things work in the kingdom of God is the first position you have to go in is not this position because God cannot give you anything when your fists are closed. So the first position in the kingdom of God when you're facing a battle is you need to open up. Open up. Open up your heart. Open up your mind to receive his wisdom and his word and allow him into the mess. doesn't matter how messy. Because no matter how much sin they put on Jesus on the cross, he still rose perfectly clean. Because nothing, not even sin, could hold Jesus down. So it doesn't matter how messy. You need to open up your spiritual hands today. And this is your battle position. Give it to Jesus. Allow him in. Allow him to set you free. Allow him to minister to those deep places in your heart. Do not hold your hands and think you have to fight on your own. I want you to allow him to be your mighty warrior. Allow him to fight for you. Remember, Jesus saw that woman. He saw it in the whole crowd of the people in the synagogue. And he said, today is your day. And I want to say to you, Jesus sees you. And today is your day. Thank you, sweetheart.